Hey coach, welcome to another special edition of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. This is Dan Tudor, so glad that you could join in and be a part of this conversation. You know, we talk about prospects a lot and recruiting, and certainly we will continue to do that, but um, lost sometimes in the mix of all this is a conversation about how to best approach your current team, the players, the athletes that you coach right now at your college, what is the best way to communicate and support them through this crisis? And what is the best way to continue building the culture and and making sure that you're not losing anything when you come back with all this, that your athletes are back on campus and you can hit the ground running knowing that you have done a good job of making sure they're okay, but also making sure that they understand what the team is all about and where you go from here. And that's the conversation happening today on this episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with Tammy Matheny. She is one of our go-to people when it comes to team building and leadership and connecting with your athletes. She's a pro and we trust her and we'll give all her information about how to contact her in the show notes so you can go there uh, to have her consult with you and work with your team if you feel like you need the help because she's great. But we wanted to reach out to her and find out what should coaches be doing, what are the right things to be talking about, and what is she seeing happening out in the college recruiting landscape. Now, apologies to her and to you. Uh, we talked to her probably two and a half weeks ago before we have uh, recorded this, and uh, I'm sorry, before we have uh, released it on the podcast. And that was a combination of uh, a delay being caused by just a lot of topics we wanted to get out and also uh, just the fact that it's been busy, really busy here at Tudor Collegiate Strategies. And I'm going to chalk it up to, to myself, just not being organized enough to get this out uh, when it should have come out probably two weeks ago. But then I was thinking, you know, maybe it's good because a lot of you have instinctively gone to your teams and, and approach them and talk to them and make sure they're doing okay. And maybe now you're running out of some ideas about how to continue to build on that. So I'm going to make the lemonade out of the lemons of having this be a conversation that was, again, recorded several weeks ago and is just now being released. Maybe this is going to reinvigorate you with some ideas and help you assess how you're doing. So in the spirit of that, we're going to get to the conversation with Tammy Matheny and really the question about how your athletes are feeling right now and what are they going through and how does she suggest the right path forward as you continue to build your team? I think the time that we're all going through is going to be the great separator. The thing is most of us are in similar boats. So I think the thing that coaches need to change their focus on is how can this be a great separator for them? Uh, Additionally, it is an amazing opportunity to show what kind of leader they are. It's easy to be a good coach, a good leader when everything's going your way, but now is the time to, uh, again, separate yourself. And, And I think the main key is that you focus on the present moment. What can you do about the situation in this moment right here? Um, 
I often like to tell coaches and athletes that it's hard to have a negative emotion in the present moment. Uh, you're going to have fear, worry, anxiety, frustration um, by remaining in the past or looking too far in the future. Uh, so my biggest challenge is where are you focused? Focused on what you can do with your teams in this present moment and how are you going to use this to separate yourself? yourself. Excellent. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of coaches that mentioned kind of along the same lines that, uh, that, that you just talked about, which is that this is sort of a revealing moment. And we, as coaches, ask our teams to, you know, at halftime, um, you know, jump in and do a better job and, you know, fire it up and correct the mistakes, you know, don't give up. And now here we are as coaches presented with the same opportunity. So the question that I wanted to ask you in that, uh, on that topic is what, what is the biggest obstacle that you find coaches might have in, in pulling that off and doing that, especially in a crisis time, like this, where, where are the things that they, if they're going to stumble and do it wrong, what would those things be? And, and what would your advice be to them uh, if they're having trouble voicing what you just said that they should voice? I, th I think the biggest stumbling block would be lack of communication. If there's a void in communication with your team, then that's left up for each athlete to fill in that void. Uh, so the first thing I would stress is, is make sure if anything you're over-communicating, and with all the technology we have, we have so many resources to keep our teams connected. I hear coaches doing, you know, live workouts with each other through Zoom or other videos. Um, and just, you know, trying to stay connected and communicate. And and so from a from that, that communication standpoint, what is, and those are some creative ideas, what are some things that you would say and give advice to coaches on what needs to be communicated? Because it's not just, you know, the nervous energy that get, that comes out and talking just for the sake of talking. We don't want that. What are the things that in the middle of a crisis, and here you have a young person, young student athlete in college that is probably just as scared and, and you know, stressed out as, as you as the coach uh, are, what is it that, what are some things that they should be communicating and focusing on as they're talking to their current? I think, first of all, the truth has to be communicated. Uh, I don't tell, you know, I wouldn't advise coaches to say, oh, it's going to be okay, or this is when it's going to be over, because none of us know. So communicating the truth, but in the same time, in a calm, confident, you know, challenge to your players and showing them that it's okay by how you're modeling it. And you're the leader, so model the behavior that you would want to see for your players. So I guess that's kind of a challenge to each coach is, what do you want to see for your, from your players? Well, then that's how you should be communicating and modeling. Got it. And, and I guess the other thing that as you were talking came to mind was that, you know, here you have, uh, you know, we're, we're focused on this crisis moment, this temporary uh, hopefully short-term problem that we're asking uh, our athletes and, and our fellow coaches to overcome. And yet there's an opportunity to, to do some long-term building, it would seem. And you mentioned at the start that this is a separator event. This is going to sort of demonstrate, you know, who is good at communicating, who is good at team building, and who is lacking. And so what are the opportunities, or can you give me some examples of things that you would hope 
a year from now, we'd be able to look back and see a coach did or said, or the way that they handled this, that now has produced a stronger team. So I guess I'm from an expert standpoint uh, from yourself, I mean, I guess I'm looking for the long-term benefits that something like this could provide to a coach in their career and uh, the team. Oh, I have no doubt when this is finally over, you're going to see those coaches and teams rise to the top that use this time uh, to better themselves. I, I can see teams that are really going to have a bond that maybe they wouldn't have had if they were just busy taking care of the day-to-day -day functions that they would have on campus. I, again, if they're using this time to communicate. I, I can see teams bettering their individual skills if the coaches are setting the tone by sending them individual workouts. And, and again, we've got to get created because we have different, you know, equipment and accesses at home. Um, but the best coaches will tell you, give, give them an eight by eight room and you can work on almost any skill. I mean, there are a few exceptions, um, but it's just, we, we getting spoiled with all of the access and equipment and availability of things we have. And again, I, I think this is a wonderful opportunity to get back to the basics. Um, I would challenge coaches to set up a, a visualization program for their teams and start to encourage visualization. Um, even for the coaches, let's visualize what we're going to look like when this is done and let's start becoming that person right now, but also visualizing your skills. Um, real quick, I, I love the story from Drew Brees who during every off week during the season and in the off season, he visualizes an entire football game. And when I've mentioned that to players before, they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. Well, the, that's definitely not an excuse right now. And Breeze will tell you that this is one thing that sets him apart from his peers is his ability to use visualization. Right. No, it's, it's um, you, you hear more, more and more uh, pro athletes uh, talking about that uh, openly and sort of what that, that part of their game prep is. Um, George Kittle, in fact, uh, tied in for the 49ers, I mean, probably regarded right now as one of the, one of, if not the top tight end in the NFL, talks about how in the same way Drew Brees does that you just talked about, Tammy, he'll visualize each catch each type of catch he's going to make if it's difficult and where on the field in what situation and that's what he does fully right before the game 24 hours that's everything that he's visualizing and he's going into the game then and acting out on that and so so you brought that up and i can see a lot of coaches saying well that's that's a good concept but i have no idea where to start and you mentioned the eight by eight room for for training okay i could probably do that as a coach but this whole visualization thing i'm not sure that i would know how to do that. So can you give, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, I know, but can you give sort of a, a primer on, on for a coach who wanted to do that? And what a great thing to talk about long distance and it's easy to do and it doesn't require an athlete be right in front of you. But can you sort of give us some steps if I, if I knew nothing about that as a coach and I'm listening to this and I'm hearing you talk about it and I want to start doing that or leading my team through it, how do I start? What do I do? And what are some of the first steps that you would? Uh, the overall basis of visualization is using all of your senses in as much detail as possible. So you're almost immersing yourself into uh, the playing situation, the game, the competition. 
um, with your sound, your sight, the images in your head, and it's almost like you're feeling that you are there. Um, that's when you get the most strength out of it. But it's being able to see in your head how you're throwing the football, how you're swinging the bat. Uh, and there's many different programs. There's not a right or wrong. And if you Google, there'll be a, you know, a thousand different ideas and suggestions. And, and I don't think any of them are right or wrong. It's, it's what are our brains going to take and use. Um, but a simple game plan may be asking your players uh, whatever sport it is, to visualize, like you just said with Kittle, visualizing different catches from this. Basketball players, I want them to visualize um, each play running through it vividly 10 times, 15 times. Um, maybe get 100 foul shots up in my head. Um, pitchers in softball and baseball, I ha I'm going to give them a game plan of visualizing their pitches and where I want th those to go. Um, I, I think one thing that I don't read and see as much about is visualization of seeing the you you want to be and planning those images of seeing yourself as a confident coach, seeing yourself as a confident athlete, and given scenarios in your head, adverse scenarios, and seeing how you're going to overcome them. How are you going to overcome that bad call? Because a lot of times we react in the moment, but if we visualize we're we're preparing ourselves of how we are going to handle that when we are challenged emotionally. And again, this is, this can work for coaches as well as athletes. Coaches should visualize their game plan. They should visualize themselves coaching and running, you know, even visualize a practice and running their players through it. This keeps your brain mentally fresh and you're going to be a lot more prepared to return when you do. Um, you'll see various studies out there, but the one I like the best is that every time you visualize three times, that equals one physical rep. So it's not quite on par with the physical, but three to one ratio, you're, you're going to get a lot out of that. Right, right. And, you know, you mentioned going through a crisis. And, of course, uh, you know, here are coaches going through a crisis on the spot. And so is there a way to use what you're talking about? for a coach that's listening to this and they're stressed and they're uncertain. And look, we talk about the, the stresses about just, you know, maintaining your job and what you're supposed to be doing at the college or what you would normally be doing. And they, they, the administration wants you to, to continue to do some of these things, even though you're not on campus. And yet, you know, you have a spouse that is uh, maybe laid off temporarily. You have kids in the house. You have money stresses. You have all the things that go on outside of just your normal coaching life. I'm just wondering, what are the things that uh, that coaches can do to kind of use some of these techniques to remain focused and not get so stressed out that they get paralyzed? And I keep coming back to that, that phrase over the last week or so in talking with coaches that I see so many coaches just frozen. They don't know what to do. They're scared. And, you know, whatever, you know, collectively we can all do to get them moving again. Um, does this play a part in that or can walk me through that? Uh, are you asking if visualization plays are, a part in are that? Are you asking if visualization plays yeah, a part? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so right now as they're going through it and, and encompassing all the personal, professional things that might be going on in their life. Uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of where I was wanting your, your expert opinion. I'm a firm believer in routines. Um, even when things are normal, I have a morning routine and a night routine, bookend routines. 
And in the morning, that routine is I'm preparing for the day, whatever that day may look like. And I'm spending five minutes of kind of playing, running through it, uh, giving myself some obstacles that may come up and how I'm going to overcome them if they do. And just getting my self-talk, my body language, uh, the images in my head in a place that's going to help me be productive. So I think if they can find that three to five minutes in the morning for that routine to help prepare them. You know, I talk to athletes all the time about having a mental warm-up, but we all need that to warm up our day. You know, with athletes, I teach having a reset button when they make a mistake. Coaches need that right now. Have that reset button when things are going haywire at home. And a reset button is just something that a physical response, like taking a deep breath and blowing it all out. I wear a rubber band and pop myself. Um, Some people slap their thigh, but using a response to get it out and then following up with something verbal, like next moment, next play. Um, And I think that's the important thing is we really have to remember to stay in the present moment. And I mentioned that earlier, but it's so crucial for what we're feeling because the future more than it ever has been seems unknown. And if we get caught in thinking about the what ifs, we are going to be paralyzed in the moment. So the best advice I can give you is to find that stop button when your brain wants to take control And a favorite acronym that I use is WIN, W-I-N, what's important now. So when I start thinking ahead, um, you know, will I get this team back? Will I be able to work with this team? I think, no, wait a minute, that's not what's important now. And I immediately shift my focus to one thing I can do right now to make a difference. To make a difference. Right. When you were talking about, you know, living in that present moment, the thing that just popped into my mind is I'm trying to relate all this and think, okay, how would I approach this from a coaching standpoint? And it goes back to, again, something that, that I think you're talking about that I've been recommending to coaches as, as all of this has unfolded recently, which is make sure you're doing something today that's going to affect tomorrow. So just basically keep putting one foot in front of the other and every, every day you t- at least take one step forward that's going to move your program, your career, your next team forward. Is that is that the right way to think about it? Are we talking about the same thing? I, that, I that think action? that's absolutely. It's what are you doing now that determines your future? And, and that's, you know, regardless of what, if we're in this situation or not, I think that's by far the best, the best advice we can give to athletes or coaches right now. What are you doing right now? Forget long-term. What are you doing right now? And, you know, I want to add this, too. I really challenge coaches and athletes to know your why. Why do you do what you do? And while you're standing in the moment, don't lose sight of that. This is one blimp in your career as a coach. Uh, Coaches can share that with their athletes as well. And this doesn't make us or break us. How we determine and respond to this is what's going to make us or break us. So staying attached to that why. A lot of people are upset their season was gone, but but that's one part of your why. Your why needs to be bigger than this one season, and using that to help guide you through these rocky times. Rocky times. Right. I have one more question, then I'm going to move over onto the recruiting side of it, and for future prospects that a um, uh, that a that a coach might be might be talking to and, and leading through this process. But you know, as you're talking about you know, the stress in this time and it is temporary, there are people that 
thrive under this kind of circumstance where it is the unknown, where everything is sort of tossed all over the place. And their mentality is, oh, yeah, bring it on. This is what I live for. Can, I mean, you know those people. And what I guess what separates them, What what is the, the outlook they have is is different. And look, I'm going to put myself a little bit in that category, which I'm not saying is good necessarily or bad because um, when but but when things like I've noticed in the last week and a half or two, man, my mind has been going a million miles an hour. Of course, mm-hmm. okay, what <laughs> you know, trying to evaluate things, coming to opinions on things, but also from our work with coaches, our business. Okay, how do we how do we solve this puzzle? Because now my travel is limited and our staff's travel is limited. So what are we going to do? Well, we just introduced a, a bunch of new webinars that we were planning on doing next year and introducing, but we fast tracked it and so like mm-hmm. it's that problem mm-hmm. solving. So am I just broken in some way, <laughs> or, or is this, or are there just people that sort of react react differently to to this kind of a circumstance? Because I'm sure there's a coach listening to this out there that is thriving and mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. boy, this is an equalizer because now you know there I, we can do things that other programs can't, or it, pu- it puts everybody on the same you know basically on the same uh, playing field in the, in a way for recruits and. Can you just talk about that for a second? That'd be great. Well, first of all, I want to make sure I do not believe you're broken. I feel that makes you uh, successful. Um, th- that's one of the traits of successful people. Uh, that's what that's a, in any profession in life. Those that can take the bad and turn it into something good. And I have a favorite motto. This is good. Uh, there's a story that goes with it. If anybody's interested, I, I just re-released it and it's on my website but this is good it's what is good in this moment in this scenario and is it an opportunity or a threat and the the great thing about that is each one of us gets to determine that we have the power and you are keeping yourself busy and finding how can you advance yourself how can you give better resources to the people you serve and that's success to me and that's what coaches if they have that mindset growth mindset some people call it they're going to be more successful and if you look at the top coaches all of them are always i shouldn't say always but they're thinking outside the box they're trying to turn adversity into something better for their advantage um so let's move quickly over to recruiting because there's also the aspect of this that coaches in communication with recruits, they are in a sense having an impact on them. And while they're having an impact and in, in this communication is happening during this crisis, I think recruits are looking and trying to judge, look, who do I want to sign on to? Is this the right coach for me? Is he or she the personality they're showing now? Is that what I want? So what would your your direction advice be? Or how a coach should be be communicating with uh, an athlete they might be recruiting during this time. It's interesting that you're asking me that. Right before we started our call, I was working on a piece from the recruit's perspective because I'm hearing from so many athletes I work with, oh, now what can I do to get recruited? And it's the same message whether you're the recruiter or the recruit. How are you setting yourself apart? How are you, number one, maintaining constant, consistent communication? How are you using social media, video uh, to separate yourself? And a lot of your top recruits want to feel part of a family. 
a lot of coaches want a family environment or want to get to know, have a good relationship with the player. So all of these videos that we can use, Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, are great opportunities to actually get into the home of the recruit, to meet the parents better. You know, if, when you're not in person, you miss that human interaction, but at the same time, there's some positives to having to talk and communicate more, you know, via the Zoom, Skype, face, uh, FaceTime. Uh, so number one would be constant communication. And how can I use this time to highlight my program, to highlight my university? And I'm looking for creative ways to do that. Um, you know, with your current players, I know you ask about recruits, but with current players, I'm having a weekly contest, like trick shots, or, or I'm having a weekly connection activity, like everyone has to share who their hero is or a hardship. And these are great questions to start asking your recruits as well. Um, asking your recruits, hey, what, what does your schedule look like now? What's your routine like now? And you're going to see from their answers, is this a person that can adapt? Is this a person that has a plan for what they're going through? Um, you know, I'm wanting to see there. I know a lot of athletes are sending videos of themselves working out at home, but I'm going to ask for follow-ups and see if they're actually getting better and to see if it's been consistent. Hey, send me, you know, once a week a video of you working out or give them something to work out that you want to see their skills in a certain situation. Uh, so I think, again, it, it's thinking outside the box. And I'm sure coaches have a lot, you know, more ideas than me, but the main thing is Think outside the box. How can you set yourself apart as a person and allow your athletes to get to know you better, your recruits to get to know you better? How can you set your program apart? You know, I'm showing highlights. Hey, if, if I'm a basketball coach and I like to fast break, hey, don't you want to come and be a part of this? And trying to really identify with players that want to get up and down the court. And, and again, take and apply that to any sport. Um, I'm highlighting players this past year, what they did on and off the quarter field. Uh, I'm just looking for, there's so many ways that you can really share what's going on in your program, in your school, that maybe we don't stop and take time to do during normal circumstances. Um, last thing, you're the author of the book, The Confident Athlete, and it's four easy steps to build and maintain confidence. And I know you work with college teams, teams all over the country, athletes all over the country as a mental coach, mental performance coach. I'm just wondering of those four things, and we'll link to where to buy the book on the podcast notes for those that are interested. And you can, uh, we'll give all the contact information for Tammy because she really, sh you should have her. When things get back to normal, you should have her be uh, be working with your team. Uh, but which one of those 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 things as we become either confident athletes, confident coaches, and we learn these mental strength building exercises, which one of the steps would you say is most applicable uh, during this time that would be, I guess, the, the go-to step that you would want to have coaches focus on, not only with their athletes, but with themselves? I, I think preparation. Uh, this is a great time to prepare. And the more you prepare, the more work you put in emotionally, mentally, physically, technically, then the better you're going to become once we turn back, return to normal. Uh, second of all would be your self-talk, and self-talk goes along with focus and just shifting 
your focus and self-talk to things that are going to help you be successful in the moment. Right behind that's visualization. Uh, so all of them are important, but I think, again, you've got to put in the work right now. How many of us have said, man, I wish I had a week or two? And, and we've been given that. Maybe we need to be careful what we've asked for, but <laughs> you've been given that, so use it. Take it, you know, use it to your advantage. And I mentioned this to you the other day, but there's three categories of us out there. Those that are saying, oh, no, my sport's been taken away from me. Poor me. And has the pity party. There's the, whew, I needed this break. Now I can just take some time off for myself. And then there's the, oh, yay, me. Perfect. I get to set myself apart. And, and again, the preparation piece is what's the most important. Are you preparing and putting in game plans for all the areas, mental, physical, technical, emotional. And if you're preparing and putting game plans for yourself and for your athletes, then you're going to be successful. You're going to be one of those that rises to the top when this is over. And that is where we ended the conversation with the great Tammy Matheny. She is the author of The Confident Athlete. You can find that book on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. You can also go to her website, uh, r2lc.com, r2lc.com. That stands for Refuse to Lose Coaching. So many great resources there uh, for coaches who want their athletes back on campus, yes, but when they come back, making sure that they have the proper mental state and that they are ready to focus on what they need to do to get back to greatness and maintain the culture and the momentum they had going before all this happened. So uh, more information are, is in the show notes if you want to contact Tammy, including her email address, and we uh, really appreciate her time. So ideas to use, Coach. Get them into practice as soon as possible and watch what it does for your athletes. That's going to do it for this show. If you need more from us, you can find it at dantutor.com. We uh, hope you follow us on Twitter, at dantutor. And uh, be looking at the webinars we're doing, the, the individual webinars for teams and departments, but also the webinars that we do weekly. Uh, not only myself, but several on our staff are doing now weekly to, uh, to make sure that the skill set is there, that you have all that you need to come back and, and be great as a coach and continue building your program that's on the website as well. So thank you for listening, Coach. We really hope that this is a resource that is going to help you today when it comes to managing and continuing to build your student-athletes. We'll keep getting the information out to you that uh, we feel is important to know during this time. We really appreciate you listening. Tell other coaches in your department and uh, on your staff about the podcast so that we can keep building the audience, keep building the community, and continue to help you do this most difficult part of your job, which is recruiting great athletes. I'm Dan Tudor. Thanks for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.